Experiment 301 is a proud property of the PG Content Factory, a subsidiary of Kevin Kadeem Pierce's Excellence Enterprises. Welcome back, beloveds, to another beautiful episode of Experiment 301. I'm your host, Brother Beloved, also known as Kevin K. Pierce, and you know how we're starting it off. Black Excellence today goes to Miss Debbie Allen, a general goat, actor, dancer, choreographer, singer, songwriter, director, producer, and sister of Felicia Rasad. Not really an accomplishment, but, you know, throw that in there as well. She directed for Fame, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The Cosby Show, A Different World, That's So Raven, The Parkers. And one thing that she always does is something we're very big on here at the PG Content Factory, is creating positive black images on TV. I told you guys, I live by the code of QVP Newton. I don't expect white media to create positive black images. So Debbie Allen, much like myself, I really just compared myself to Debbie Allen. Wow, talk about arrogance, right? But Debbie Allen took it upon herself to create positive black images in so many different shows and every work that she does. And this little college right here, Hillman, kind of became her brainchild after that first season where they got released. Nay, she turned it on its head and is the reason why we remember this show so fondly to this day. Heck, it's the reason most people go to ABC. Thank you, Ms. Betty Allen, for all that you've done for the community. Thank you for your accomplishments. And now we're going to get right into the episode. The Experiment 301 podcast is proudly sponsored by the DMV Phone Plug and Exclusive Tech Repairs. They specialize in iPhone screen repairs and luxury cases. CEO Jose Exclusive is a 24-year-old paint branch alumni and a technology expert. He's an authorized telecommunications retailer and a business licensed professional. He's bilingual, speaks both English and Spanish, and as reliable as they come. Sales and discounts include all repairs come with a complimentary screen protective and discounts on all cases. And on top of that, all repairs are very reasonable. Located at 11262 Georgia Avenue, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20902. All repairs are by appointment only. Please go to ExclusiveTechRepairs.com for more details. And go ahead and tell them Brother Beloved, a.k.a. Kevin Pierce sent you. Welcome back, you beautiful, beautiful motherfuckers, to another episode of Experiment 301. As you can see, I got a special guest with me today. Long-time friend, an old college friend. Uh, thespian extraordinaire, if you will. Uh, one of Maryland's finest. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. And by give it up, I mean I will add the applause and post for Ms. Janaya Rice. What's welcome, up? Welcome. What's Thank up? you. Thank you so much for joining me today. You could have been anywhere in the world, yet here you are on the Skype call with me. It means a lot for me and my ego, and I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Kevin, and that was a beautiful introduction. Like, wow. Well, I thank, well, I thank you. I'm trying to get on Sway's level. You know, Sway always makes his guests yes. feel like they just entered the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so I'm trying to get on that level, man. I'm all in the business of giving people flowers and making sure people know they're good, man. I feel that. All right, perfect. So... What I like to do with this interview, I like to take people through people's journeys in life and see how we end up where we are. So we're going to start from the very beginning. The year is 1998, and a young Janaya is born. Am I correct? Yeah, you are. This is is when and where. Okay. Um, Like, where was I born? Yes, ma'am. I believe the hospital was Merlin General in Baltimore, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that's still a hospital. Probably not. Yeah. You know, a lot of the things in Baltimore got closed down recently. Yes. 
they trying, they gentrifying the shit. They trying, they trying so hard to gentrify Baltimore City. Oh, this neighborhood I'm living in is currently oh, <laughs> gentrification. No. <laughs> yeah. If Can't anyone even. pulls up on you with tea, run away. <laughs> run away and up. If anyone with a tea and a spoon, just run the other direction. I promise you. I'm gonna remember that. There we just go. In case. So we're born, born and raised in Baltimore. Which side? Yeah. Um. Originally, West Side, Park Heights mm-hmm. area. Um. That's mostly most of my life. I only lived on the East Side for like a couple months, and then now I'm back over here on the East Side with my mom. There we, there we go. So how? When did the wire jokes get old? Was it like when you were already in high school? College? At what point <laughs> were you so sick and tired of hearing about the damn wire? Honestly, it's not even the wire that gets me. It's like when it was the Freddie Gray riots and stuff. Because ah, I went yes. to a private school. And at my, at my high school, Crystal Ray, we had to work at like professional businesses. And they would mm. look at me and just assume like I lived where the rides were at. So, like, the wire stuff, that, that like, that hardly ever actually, like, happens, like, as far as jokes-wise. People just uh-huh. break it up, like, they remember it. But Freddie Gray was the one that was, like, the most annoying, like, wow. And that's, that's crazy that they make a joke off of such a tragic situation. Tragic and common <laughs> situation in Baltimore City, if you want to be honest. Mm-hmm. You, like, you I, really... those, those people are weird. But that's private school folks for you. Oh, so yeah. hold on. So I'm always curious of uh, the dynamic between the people who live in a Baltimore city or PG County, but they'll go to a private school like a Damasco or a Crystal Ray yes. or something like that. How do you like? What do you explain that dynamic, that juxtaposition between the two worlds, if you will? Whew. Well, first of all, transportation, because like I said, I grew up on the west side. That school is all the way over east, mm-hmm. and I literally. We had to get up at like 5.30 every day, catch a shuttle, mm. get a ride to a shuttle, and then go back in the after school, like two buses and a train. So it was transportation was hard. Yes. So hard. how long was the commute on a daily basis, morning and night? See, morning, I was pretty close to the shuttle stop, and the shuttle just take you straight to the school. But So that was only like maybe like 30 minutes. But after school, it didn't feel like I woke minutes. up and walked two minutes to my bus stop. You talk about some only 30 minutes. Well, that's why I woke up at 5 30. So, mm. but after school was like an hour and a half. Wow, yeah, that was that was rough. But all of the, um, like, as far as dynamic-wise, everyone who, like, I went to a high school that was Black and Hispanic, so, like, predominantly, so it wasn't, like, a weird, oh, I'm the only Black person in this school kind of thing. I didn't okay. experience that, but I know a lot of people, like, went through that. All right, perfect, perfect. So, Raisin was Baltimore. Describe to me what, when acting came into play. What age were you at that point? Um, well... I really started with dancing first, and I was three. What Um, type of dance, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was everything, because it was like a theater school, Morton Street, that's also closed. Um, (laughs) It was like ballet, modern jazz kind of thing. And then I think as I got older, um, 
my elementary middle school was also Catholic and they would do like these like skits that we had to do of like a Bible story. And I loved doing those. And then my mom realized, oh shit, like you're pretty good at this. And then she was just like, she was really like, she still is like my momager. She would go around like seeing about local auditions. I would audition for stuff, do it. And then like community theater as I got in like my teenage years. And then now, well, I just finished Stevenson, but like then I went to school for that. There we go. There we go. So what was the first role you did where you looked at yourself and was like, hey, I can, I can, I can do this a little bit. I got, I got a little bit of. <laughs> Got a little bit of talent here. What was the first role? <laughs> what was the first time you're like, I killed that. I can do this. Um, it's crazy because it's like when I was pretty much older. I think I was 19 or 20, but I was in. We Stevenson did a British show, The Importance of Being Earnest, and I had to have a British accent, and I was a lead role, and I was not. Was that the one I was? Uh. I don't know if you were still there. Or was it Cabaret? I think it was a Cabaret. Oh, yeah, you did go to Cabaret. Yeah. To cabaret cabaret okay. was fun. But that one, I, I like really honestly, I expected that one. But the importance of being earnest, I, A, I wasn't expecting a lead role. And then, two, it was British. I never spoke like in an accent before. So when I got cast as that, and then as the shows were going and we was getting like all that positive feedback, I was that's when I was like, wow, like, mm. I'm not. Not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you is, who did you study for the British accent? Like, um, I just watched like a lot of. Well, I already was pretty much into BBC, like the British networking channel. Uh, but so let's let's sitcoms more like actual people. Yeah, people yeah. Okay. And like movies, um, I watched the actual version of the importance of being earnest, um. They say not to do that, but I, I I feel like for me as an actor, like if I can watch another performance, I just can get a feel for it. I'm not like taking exactly because you got to right. do your own thing anyway. But yeah, just a lot of like or watching interviews of um like British actors like um Idris. How uh, my man, my boy Stringer. <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah, just stuff like that. And then we were always like rehearsing. So it was like in my brain. There we go. There we go. So we go through our journey. So how do we end up at Stevenson? Yes, Stevenson. So, okay, fun fact. Stevenson was my top two school. It was not number one. Mm -hmm. uh, my number one school was Point Park University. Um, Which is that, where? It's in Pittsburgh. Um and it's a uh, like the school itself is all theater. It has mm. academics too, but it's a, it's a conservatory. That's what they call it. Mm. And I auditioned and I got in, but and so I, of course, like I wanted to go there, but price wise, it was out of state. Was just like way too much. Pause. And it was pause, 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 pause. Yeah, because yeah. we all know Stevenson is the is probably the most expensive school in Maryland. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying price-wise, <laughs> Stevenson was a cheaper option, I can only imagine what this school costs. Because if you think about it, out of state, out of state is a lot of money, you know? True, true. And they but offered the fact you really looked at Stevenson, but not a, you what'd you say? Sorry, I was like, the fact you really looked at Stevenson and you were like, hey, that's a discount. <laughs> 
Oh, this is a buyout well, bargain over here. It's not like it was a huge difference. It was just like a lot of factors. Like Stevenson offered me more money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. In the end, it was just like I should just go to Stevenson. Like I won't be like too far. And we literally could not afford the other school. And I like I like when I first like Tori Stevenson, I like the dorms. Cause you know how they, you know how they front when like guests come. Oh and, like, man, seems the, like extra nice. The big cap, whenever. <laughs> oh, you know the front. All your room, all your doormates will just let you walk through the room whenever they want to. It's mm-hmm. a big community here. All your RA is always going to be so attentive and da 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 da. Told us on a goddamn lie. <laughs> so yeah, you know, like I, I fell for it, and <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I, I can do this. Like, I don't know. It was just something about it. My grandma, like, said, like, a prayer. And she was like, oh, you know, you're going to end up going to school for free. And I I laughed because I was like, for free. You know how expensive school is? And then by the end, like, I honestly only ever paid, like, my freshman year. And ever, ever since then, I've been, Beautiful. like, like, I haven't paid money yet. So I'm, I did, and I'm like glad, like I chose, like you know, it just it all fell into place. Absolutely, you felt like that's what you were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Are you a big believer in the whole concept of destiny and things happen for a reason? Yada yada yada. Oh yeah, like especially growing up, like my grandma, she's very religious. Like our whole family is like religious, um, and I always say like everything happens for a reason. What's for you is for you. And when I walked away from Point Park, I still felt like, you know, like God got me. I'm gonna I'm gonna be fine. Like it it just wasn't supposed to happen that way. And now looking back, like it's like obvious, like, yeah, I definitely made the right choice. Absolutely, absolutely. And kind of that same token, right? So I don't think I've ever told this story out loud, but coming out of high school, I had offers from two schools for football, Stevenson and a school called HBCU called Cheney in Pennsylvania, right? Oh, yeah, I heard that. I was dead set on going to Cheney. My tour guide was bad when we <laughs> went there. So I was like, I'm there. I was like, real bad. Look like Perry <laughs> Hilson. I was sold. The dorms were shit, but I didn't Ooh. care. The football team ain't won a game in three years. Didn't care. They're like, there's so, there's so many factors I ignored because I just wanted to go to Cheney, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Stevenson looked like the way it looked. So mm-hmm. my dad actually hid my letter of intent that I was supposed to sign on signing day so that I couldn't sign it. So for two weeks, I'm going back and forth with the athletic director at Cheney talking about where the fuck is my letter. Meanwhile, my dad's yeah. getting the mail and hiding them digits so I never see it. <laughs> so eventually, all I could do was sign to Stevenson, so I ended up going. Fast forward two years, Cheney loses their football program. So they don't even have oh. a team. I tell my dad this story, and he cannot stop laughing. I'm like, Dad, I know you hated Cheney, but damn, it's not that funny. Then he's like, he tells me about hiding the stuff. I've never been so conflicted in my feelings in my life. Because I'm <laughs> mad. But at the same time, he helped me dodge a big-ass bullet. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's kind of to the whole destiny thing. Like, you never really know what the fuck's going to happen. he just knew. Like, he just felt it. Like, in his heart, he was like, nah, this ain't it. Yeah. See, they be knowing Hey, man. He be knowing. <laughs> Shout out to my dad. Hopefully, I can get him on this podcast, because I'm going to get him to tell the story from his perspective. That's a great story. Yeah, I think uh, so. But back to the acting. 
What would you say is your favorite? I'll go three categories. Movie, TV show, play. Ooh, okay, okay. See, movies hard because I have like so many movies. I'll, but... I'll let you give me three. I'll let you give me three. I'll be fair. Okay, okay. Three. Top three. Yep. The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Dream Girls. Ooh, Beyonce, Beyonce and Jenna Parsons? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I know okay. that word for word. Um, and then I would say The Wiz, even though it's like a play and a movie. But the movie version was like really good. As we know, and everyone to be clear, she said the whiz, not the whiz. Yeah. Yeah. She said the whiz. <laughs> throw that one away. From Michael Jackson. She said the whiz. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. So we got movies. Those are three very solid choices. Lion King's Please. like the classic of all. <laughs> how did you classic? How'd you feel about the live action version? Okay. Okay. So when it first came out. I couldn't go to the movies for some reason, so I was very sad. And then recently, I got Disney Plus during this quarantine, and mm. I watched it. And, okay, they hurt me with some of the cuts that they took out, like, Star yes. Song. But and as a whole, like, I actually liked what they did, because they was trying to, like, I could see they was trying to, like, connect to this current generation, but still keep, like, the classic humor and mm-hmm. I, I liked it. Like it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I thought. I didn't see some bad flops now, some bad yes. remakes. And I didn't think Oof. that one was that bad. Like it was kind of I cool. thought I thought the same thing. I was like, it was literally impossible for them to meet <laughs> the expectations of some people's favorite yeah. movie ever, and it's starring Beyonce. Like those expectations are too high for any movie to, to reach. Yeah. That's the way I saw it. So I liked what I got. I was like, this is cool. It's not the original. It's not the Beyonce coming out party. It's a cool movie. It's a nice movie. It's a nice movie. So we got our movies. Do you have the one definite TV show, or is that the same category? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can give you three again. Okay. Um, I'll say Scandal, even though that's over. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Kerry Washington's teeth miss you, too. Okay. <laughs> I just thought about it. All three of my favorites are in Shondaland because I'm really? like obsessed with her and really want to work with her. Yeah. I would love um, to work with Shonda Rhimes too. Yes. I would love to work with Shonda Rhimes. Her and Kenya Barris are two people I really cannot wait to work with once this content comes in. I can't wait to work with them. That's exactly how, like, that's a good person too. Um, Yeah, probably. I would say Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, even though that just ended. Oof. Sad. Dang, two of your favorite shows. I know. Jeez. I cried. It was Jeez. a tear. And Grey's Anatomy. That's holding on strong. How long is Grey's Anatomy dear life? been on? Like, I think our entire lifetime Grey's Anatomy is going <laughs> Like... I grew up with that show. That show was popping when I was in elementary school. Because my elementary school teachers would talk about that show at lunch. Right. They're like, oh, you seen that? Ooh. They just hear They're them like, talking oh, about Christina it. And- <laughs> like, that in General Hospital have literally been on, like, all the time from when we were youngins. Like, it's never going to end. There is yeah. no season finale. I don't know how many seasons there are. It just, <laughs> I, don't, it just, I don't know how they're going to end it. There's just a new episode every day, and we just <laughs> like, I bet there it is. All right, so we got the three shows. 
Give me the three plays. Now I got a follow-up question after this. Oh, okay. Plays are hard because I feel like as a like thespian or actor or whatever, I should go out and see more plays, but I don't. Like, I, mean, I can I can just really, give you like I, huh? I don't think I mean I feel like that's more like the bourgeoisie act like purest actor uh, <laughs> display like when they try to talk down on the other coworkers, man. I don't think that's a, ne- a necessity to do so. That's how it felt in that theater program. Like everyone was like, "Yeah, because my high school had theater, and I seen all these shows." And I'm like, I, 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 bet, I, I bet you were better act. I bet you were a better actress than them niggas, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet you was. They don't watch all their shit. They don't watch all that shit. They ain't study a dime. Um, okay, I'll say probably Fences with Denzel and Viola. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so good. Um, Cloud Nine, I saw mm. that. That was my grandmother. Crazy. My grandmother loves that one. Really? She, she swears, but yeah, she loves Cloud Nine. It brings a smile to her face every time. Yes, love, it's a it's a good it. show. Mm. Like funny. Um, and then I recently saw um, a newer show, Kill Move Paradise, and it was it moves me. You would you would have loved it, Kevin. Like, where it is it? So How good. is it? Break it down for me. Which one's that? Um, it was at Rep Stage Theater. That's in Columbia, and mm-hmm. it had like these four guy characters, and they spoke on like racial injustice and. It was just so moving. It, it had like a lot to do with like people, black people, particularly black men who have died and like the effect that that has on like us in the black community. It was so mm. good. Like they, it, they couldn't have done it no better way. It was perfect. I'm mad to, I'm mad to catch. Is it still playing? Is I mean, Bob, um, it's not still playing at that theater, but I'm sure if you like look up some clips or something, and you know, you know, like we in quarantine, so they probably yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say after we get off the horn, I'm gonna ask you to text me uh the name of this so I can go ahead and look yeah. it up. Yeah, because I'm looking for more things to watch. I'm right. I'm in the middle of writing TV shows. I may write a play. I don't know. We'll nice. see where this. We'll see where the creative energy takes me. But I do want to study. <laughs> as much work as I can, so I'm going to add that one to the list. So, your dream role in your head. Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it a play? Or is it something else you haven't thought of yet? Um, It's, it's funny. Rice, when I had dream big-ass letters on the billboard, big-ass picture, right outside the movie theater. What? What is it? I feel like my dream roles were more like when I was a kid, like I want it to be like <laughs> I used to want to be Nala in the Lion King, and then I actually uh, got Zazu, and I loved Zazu way better. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would say like if I could get a character as close to anything as what Viola Davis is, I think then I would be like fulfilled. Okay, the like, specific like Fences Viola, Suicide Squad Viola, which um, or just like a like general maybe... Viola vibe. How to get away with murder, Viola? Like, if I could just be like a lead black actress mm-hmm. on anything, it could be a movie, a TV show, or a play. Like, and oh. in, in like a really touching role, then I think I would be fulfilled. All right, perfect, perfect. We're gonna do one last one on acting. Then we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors. Give me <laughs> your Mount Rushmore of actors. 
Okay. How many is in Mount Rushmore again? <laughs> four. Four. Okay. And four. And actor um, and actor and actresses, because for some reason I have people make the think I have to make the description. Y- y'all know what I mean. You don't. <laughs> I say actor and I'm female, so I understand. I understand. Again, I didn't I call I didn't call you an actress when we started. I called you a thespian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Um. Okay. Definitely number one all day is Viola. Okay. She I about to say you mentioned her at least five times. Yeah, day, so she's my favorite. She's if you haven't already <laughs> yeah. realized that, um, Viola, Denzel, I mentioned him too. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Washington is really one of my top favorites. We got one more slot. Who's Ugh, getting, I know that's whose head is getting carved in marble. Who is it? Oh, someone from Marvel. No, I'm saying whose head is getting carved in marble. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's only I can only think of like two people in Marvel movies that would even be in consideration. It's Robert Downey and Chadwick. That would really be it. I love both of them. They're so good. They're amazing. I will love like I'm gonna have a Robert Downey Jr. Appreciation Day one of these days. <laughs> like, it's gonna I happen because he's an amazing. Like I'll save it. I'll save my standing. Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I'm gonna have to go with Issa, Issa Rae, because she, she really gets it, like, I'm an awkward black girl just like her, and she just really gets it. I was about to say, you definitely give me Issa vibes, (laughs) you definitely, you definitely give me Issa vibes, I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm a big Insecure fan. You definitely give me the Issa, Issa D insecure vibes. Yo, that is such the ultimate compliment. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I, I have one critique of, well, technically two, one and a half critiques of Issa. Though. Yeah. I never Issa liked D her. or Issa Rae? Issa Rae. Issa Rae. Okay. Issa, I love Issa D because I love the character on the show. I love Insecure yeah. as a great show. Insecure is phenomenal. I never like her in anything as much as I like her in Insecure. Yeah, same. I just saw the photographs. Like, the photograph Ugh. and Little, I just didn't like her as much. And my brother her. saw Little and he said the same thing. He was like, yeah. yeah. The one with the Indian dude where they both commit a crime, it's like, uh, it just wasn't. That's coming it's up. Not- I have I have high hope. Like, I, I think that one might change it for her. Like, it might, I hope, it might be better. I hope so, too. And it's not like they're bad roles, but it's just, it's just not the Issa we're getting every Sunday. Like, it's, yeah. it's not that Issa. And well, you know... Thing, She's not the writer for those, so that's what I, that's what I'm thinking too. Maybe that could be it, and, and that that leads me to my second critique. I'm so much more of a fan of Issa the creator than Issa the actor. Like Issa, yes. like Issa's production company when she writes, having her hand and stuff, yes. her writing style, her cinematography. I love that so much more than her acting. Yeah. Like if Insecure went when Insecure starts winning Emmys, it shouldn't be for her for best actor. It should be her for like. De- direction or some shit like that like yeah. it should, like that's so much better than her acting to me no disrespect but she's just better at the other thing like she should be focused on being steven spielberg not sonata <laughs> like i honestly think that's like her goal i hope so because she's just better be, at that. yeah all right well we're gonna take us quick break for the sponsors we'll be right back with more miss janaya rice that's being extraordinary we shall return Hello, beloveds. I know, a little different of an ad this time, but we're trying to reach out to more companies. So if you are or know someone who is a Black business owner, please let them know that there is a podcast that is looking for sponsors. So 
If you will or are willing to sponsor this podcast, please give me a shout at thekkpee at gmail.com. That's thekkpee at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. Welcome back to Experiment 301. Closing up right now, my good friends. Now, we got a couple more questions that we're going to end with everyone's favorite this or that. First of which, we mentioned she went to Stevenson. For those I don't know, our orientations are known as Mustang Days. Where yes. sometime in like March, June-ish, you come up to campus before your freshman year. You get to see the you get to see the crowd. For guys, you're scoping. For women, you're scoping if you see any man worth a damn with a future. And for them, <laughs> you plan the rest of your time in college. And from that day on, you are going to be a completely different person. So for that, I ask you, Miss Janiah. What is the biggest difference between Mustang Day Janiah and Graduation Day Janiah? Ooh, wow. That's crazy. Looking back, so naive. Mustang Day Janiah. Like, yeah. I, where, where weren't we all? <laughs> where were we all? I feel like I have grown. Like, I'm just like a whole different person. A complete different person. I was fresh out of high school. Um. Mm. I knew I wanted to act, didn't know, like, what that meant all the way, though. Um, And I feel like I needed more confidence in myself then. Like, I was very, like, just, like, insecure within myself, like, in my craft. And now, like, graduation denial, I'm I'm ready. Like... You know you're that bitch now. You're like, yeah, I got that. (laughs) Just, like, way more, like, way more level of confidence. Obviously, with some humbleness. But definitely, every now and then, like, yeah, I'm that bitch. Like, period. Don't let nobody tell you this kind of thing. There we go. Everybody should believe that about yourself. Just look yourself in the mirror and be like, I am that bitch. (laughs) Just walk away. Just walk away. You don't got to do shit else. You don't got to worry about brushing your teeth, brushing your hair. That's all. That's how you get ready. That's it. There we go. (laughs) Are there any professors along the way that stood out along your journey that helped you go from Mustang Day Janiah to Graduation Day Janiah? Yes. Um, a lot of them left, but I would say people in res life more so than... Uh, I, lo- I love I love the transition because we were going to res life next. Oh, that is so funny. I love, I love the transition because that so that's funny. exactly where we're going next. But it's in your, in your head. Um, great minds, man. Great minds. <laughs> For me, okay, wait. There was one professor. I'll say her too. Um, Chris, she is just a light. And even after she left, she still stayed like very active in our program. Like she did like some shows with us as an actor. But even when mm-hmm. she was like a teacher there, she just was not with the bullshit. And and she always, like, spoke up for us. Like, she, she's a white woman. But she knew, like, it was only a few, like, black, Asian people in the program. And she spoke up for us. Like, she always was like, I got y'all backs kind of thing. And she always uh. gave me, like, gems of knowledge that I appreciate to this day. Um, mm-hmm. And then people in res life, um, like Jason... And then it's it's a new lady, Amanda. She joined on like this year. They just really mm-hmm. uh, like gave me the encouragement that I needed whenever I needed something. Like, oh, I just need the vent. They would be there. Like, I could just go in their office and talk, kind of thing. So, 
Shout out. There to we go. Jason. Shout out to Jason. He's going to get a invite to the podcast the moment we're done here because he's I can't my wait brother. for that episode. I haven't talked to Jason in a while. As as all my friends know, I'm terrible at keeping in contact with people. It's just a bad <laughs> skill I have. My I have like three million things going on in my brain at one time, and sometimes yeah. things just. So Jason's one of those people I've been meaning to reconnect with. So we will definitely get Jason on the podcast. But luckily for you, we have already on our res life topic. People don't know we were RAs together, and you were actually one of my favorite duty partners. For those who have no idea what (laughs) RA and your dutying is, uh, we were called resident assistants, which are basically glorified fucking babysitters for college students. And (laughs) you do the shit that administration and security guards do not feel like fucking doing. For example. Going through buildings four times a night, every single one in your area. For our example, we were in the apartments. There were, what, seven apartment buildings? Yes. Going through floor to floor, making sure that no felonious activities are happening. <laughs> felonious activities are clued or not limited to cocaine, methane, butane, any of the, <laughs> any of the following fun any drugs. <laughs> Too many people at a party and all types of shit. In fact, I'm working on an animation of my worst incident ever where there was a party of 100 people in Schwann, which is one of the apartment buildings, Schwann. my first year in the apartments. I'll tell you off air because I want to save the whole story for the for the animation. But I'll tell it was pet it looked like a Jordan release outside of Schwann, bro. A nigga had bouncers. Like, it, it was some shit. These niggas both like but wow. yeah. so off the ring I have to ask you what is your worst RA experience? What's the one day you were like, yo, I'm done with this shit like i'm done um so more recently um i think it was like the day where um like people who are trying to be ra's like they they're not interviewing with us but we're just like getting a feel for them kind of thing i I forgot what day that is but it's just like people who want to be ra's they like meet up with all the current ra's and just like spill the, the little social mixer or whatever yeah it's, it's like a social yeah it was a social and um two of my residents were there and mm-hmm. my sra can we say names like absolutely okay my sra point them out, out to smurdy huh shout out to smurdy i love yeah smurdy <laughs> pulled me to the side and was like hey like your resident just came to me and she didn't realize like I was your SRA but she was just I asked her why does she want to be an RA and she told me because I want to be a better RA than mine was like I just like because my RA doesn't do anything blah blah just going in on me right so you know I I pull up on her like hey didn't know you were going. You were going to be here. Didn't know you wanted to be an RA. That's cool. Of course, she's like, "Oh yeah," like because she doesn't know that I know. And then I simply just go like, "Well, you know, if you do become an RA, I just want to give you some advice. Especially if you're a freshman RA like me, you're going to have close to sixty residents. You're responsible for all of them, Every single and they're one. all going to want something from you." Not to mention, you will have school, you will have club stuff, you will have work, along with all these other needs. All of so, which you know, the residents, just keep all, of which, all of which the presidents couldn't give less of a fuck about. None. 
whatsoever. And, you know, I just, I basically just told her about herself, like, just keep that in mind. And then also, if I were you, I probably wouldn't go around saying how much you hate RAs at a RA social. Mm-hmm. And that's the day when I was like, res life, y'all are this close for me <laughs> going off on a bitch. And <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Do you know if she, uh, do you know if that person ended up getting hired as an RA? I doubt it. So the one, it was the one she did not she got the like what's the backup option like when you don't yes she got the alternate position and the other roommate she got it and then they both like eventually apologized to me and and then the problem apparently was that they didn't like they weren't getting my emails but I like that (laughs) if you weren't getting my emails say that to me like how am I supposed to know that kind of thing that's very different from my RA doesn't do shit <laughs> and hello because y'all see me in the hallways doing my job making bullets and boards when I see you and I ask Great. how you doing and you say nothing so <laughs> <laughs> thank god that's over <laughs> so alright I, I gotta take it to something positive now because wow <laughs> um, yes. what was the best RA experience <laughs> What was the moment where you're like, all right, all right, all this bullshit is worth it. <laughs> it's all worth it. Outside of seeing that your room and board is paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that definitely is a plus. But just honestly, any moment when I can help out one of my residents and like it, it actually like my help really did a- affect them. Like I, uh-huh. I remember one time this resident needed a job. But she didn't understand, like, they nobody explained to her, like, work study and all of that. So mm-hmm. I helped her, like, I helped her, like, look for a job on campus. And then she was good. And she, because she was worried she was going to be able to keep paying tuition. And then I helped her out with that. And then she, she was, like, set pretty much. She was working in, like, I think admissions. There we go. There we go. Yeah. See, we out here making assists. Just all right. <laughs> All types of RA going on. It's a little something. I love to see it. All right, last (laughs) last RA question, and this is my narcissism that is leading me to access. Am I the goat coworker? Kevin, your original contact (laughs) was my nigga Kev. Like I kid you not. (laughs) When you left, I think it was like me, Brandon, a couple of the other OGs. I kid you not, we always, when we bring up memories, you're always one of the top ones. Like, come on, dang, man. I miss come Kevin. On. Like, I'm not gassing you. Like, come on, man. This come is on. for real. She come up here trying to gas me because she's on my podcast. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Okay. I'm, everyone, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, like, this is facts. Kevin, Kevin was that nigga. Like, still I is. Pre- still I appreciate is. It. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so serious. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right. So we're going to end this podcast with a little segment I like to call this or that. Passionately and affectionately stolen from Ms. Jamel's Hill Unbothered. Passionately (laughs) and effectively stolen from Ms. Jamel Hill's Unbothered podcast. Sometimes I talk faster than I think, and that should be fucking me up. (laughs) So you get two choices. You get this or that. You cannot make a third choice. You cannot add a caveat. You cannot say, well, if it's Tuesday, I like the... I need an answer. 
this or that, are you ready? I hope I am. Number one, sugar or salty grits? Sugar. You ain't you don't you don't be on the fish and grits? Mm-mm. I don't no. like that. Oh no, it's going so well. <laughs> I can't. Oh no. Oh, my grandma put sugar <laughs> in her grits. I ain't gonna disrespect me, ma, but like, oh <laughs> especially since it's not like me, my prayer sure. warrior. Lord I knows I need some taste of salt. Like, I feel like that would be weird. Oh man. That's like salt and spaghetti. Like, why would you do that? I mean, you gotta season your you put sugar in spaghetti. <laughs> you put sugar in your spaghetti. Oh yeah, I want to. You gonna fuck around? Give me can You gonna give me cancer? <laughs> 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 they gonna revolt. They gonna revolt because you know that's how it always works with the podcast. The guests never get in trouble. It's always the host. <laughs> it's, always, <laughs> it's always the host. It's like Kevin. How dare you let her say something like, "Nigga, it's free speech." <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, what we call it? The next one. I have to ask, is the big screen or the stage? Where does Janiah see herself being more comfortable in five years? Oh, in five years. Ooh. In five years, where's your bread being buttered? Like, where's, like, the main thing? In five years, I hope the screen. Okay. Right now, definitely the stage. Yeah, because... I'm still, like, I studied theater, like, on the stage, so I'm still getting used to being comfortable, like, on camera, not gonna lie, even this, like, interview, like, I had, like, a mini anxiety attack uh, <laughs> before this, so just, like, being on camera in general, I'm still getting used to that, uh, but I, I, in five years, because I'm, I'm gonna be in Atlanta, I hope, and, like, film there is really big, so I would hope then, mm. in five years, this screen. There we go. There we go. And our last one, this one is the most important. This argument is broken apart black households everywhere. Denzel Washington or Mr. Willard Smith? Who is, matter of fact, not really who's the better actor, who's had the better career? I guess a better way to phrase it. Oof. Um, yikes, they're both so successful. Um... They're the two goats to me. Yeah, and I love both for different reasons, too. So that's why I'm like, um, actually, I'm going to go with Will, and here's why. Like, Really? But Will didn't Denzel is one of my favorites. But if we're going to say, like, better career, like, how Will was a rapper, he had his own TV Talk show. And then Talk the countless, <laughs> endless amounts of movies, like, to not this day, he even movies. has a bomb YouTube hits. channel. Like, not even just movies. Blockbuster hits. Yes. Summer after summer <laughs> after summer. Like, Will Smith was in something making $100 million for, like, 10 years in a row. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And it maybe it's just because I don't really, like, I know, like, mostly Denzel for acting only. And maybe that's just because that's all I know him as. But if I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Will because he just dipped and dabbed in so many things. Like, all right, perfect, 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 perfect. I always say my final argument because when it's that close, you gotta nitpick a little bit. So my nitpick is usually, hey man, Denzel don't got a fresh prince. <laughs> he don't, yeah. got, he don't got the hit TV show. Yeah, if he did, it'll be that would make them closer because I would consider Denzel the better actor of the two. 
Yeah. Like, back to the whole purity and thespianism thing, Denzel's better at that. But, like, as far as who's had the better career, I'd much rather be Will Smith. Yeah. That's why I'm I was much- like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it's definitely Will. Like, okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Nia, for joining me on this podcast. Hopefully, this didn't run your anxiety too much. I try my best to make this comfortable for you. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. Nothing too... Nah, it was chill. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me in the first place. Like, this was fun. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for enjoying it. All right. So, we're going to go ahead and sign off. This has been another beautiful episode of Experiment 301. We will see you next time, you beautiful motherfuckers.